Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Thinking Aloud About Film. I'm Jose Arroyo. I'm Richard. Uh, and today we will be talking about a Turkish film called uh, Dry Summer from 1964, uh, directed by Martin Erkson. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it, Richard? So it's another of the films in the series of Film Foundation restorations on movie. It's a melodrama. It's about people fighting for the rights to to water, um, to irrigate their land. I enjoyed it apart from two aspects, or well, one aspect really, which is warned about at the beginning, that there are scenes of unsimulated animal cruelty. And there are two scenes, one of which I found a lot more problematic than the other. The first is that a, a chicken is killed by the, the main character. Now that one, uh, I mean, that chicken was probably going to die in that way anyway just to be killed by a farmer i can guarantee it yeah so that one i didn't have too much of a problem with but the second is it appears that a dog gets shot for real um and you know you see the dog be sh shot you see it in pain you see the corpse afterwards uh, it's a key part of the plot but it didn't have to happen that way the only references i can find to it say you know this appears to be happening for real I can't see how it was simulated. I haven't seen any defence of it saying that mm. it was simulated, so I can only assume that it was done for real. And you know, one review made the point, is it possible for a single shot to ruin an entire film? And I think that's I think that's debatable, but I think it's worth flagging that up front, and then we could talk about the film. You're right to make that distinction between uh, the two incidents, uh, because one is almost documenting a way of life. I mean, yeah, exactly. actually, you know, frankly, if you eat chicken, chickens are killed, really, you know, and that this was the way that you killed a chicken, kind of when you don't have a mechanized factory to do it for you. I mean, I don't think there's any particular cruelty attached to that killing of the chicken itself. though there is cruelty in the way in what's done with the chicken afterwards, yeah, that it's thrown. Yeah. Um, the dog is more problematic. Uh, because it's clearly done only for the film. Though I also find that that's very interesting in itself, that it reveals attitudes that the film itself is talking about, really. You know, I'm looking at work that's being done in film studies and on lipstick and makeup and hairdos and so on, and I think they're very important. You know, don't get me wrong, I don't want to minimize that. And certainly important in an overall account of Hollywood cinema, you know, but then you see something like this and it just feels to go, it feels like it goes so much deeper and, and it does make you wonder at what point did society stop mattering to filmmakers? Yeah, so because you can argue that of course, you know, in every comedy, every comedy is telling you something about the culture it's from, right? And it might often be very critical about the culture that it's from. You know, but you get a feeling with a film like Dry Summer that it's almost like a, about the burning issues of the day in a way that's revealing all kinds of attitudes about, you know, agrarian culture, community, village relations, gender relations, masculinity, justice. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, offering a kind of a point of view on that and in fact a liberal point of view on that. Yeah. And it just feels like both moving and rich and hopeful right in a way 
that so many other films don't. I, I really did love it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad I saw it. And I think that that's a key question really is, you know, is this film worthy of rediscovery despite that real what what to us what to our uh ethics sort of you know ethics here would seem like it is a really problematic scene and a really difficult scene and and personally i think the answer is yes but i can see that some people wouldn't be able to see beyond that and i wouldn't criticize them i would for that. i would you know i would because you know so many films that are not from our culture and that are not from our era, reveal all kinds of things that we personally don't accept. I mean, you know, if that's going to be, you know, a, a perspective, then really you mustn't watch, you know, most films, you know, I, well, then and now, because they reveal attitudes to women that are hideous. You know, some British films, you know, up to and including now, their attitudes to the working class are horrific. Right. They're kind of, you know, treated as less than people. Right. So I don't know for a dog to be treated as less than a person and for a person to be treated as less than a person. Mm, you know, so if you're going to dismiss the film, you know, because it it does kill a dog and it does so for a dramatic purpose, then I think I would like to hold you accountable to every other range of representation that you see. Right. Because I do think that some of them are worse, you know. I think I would distinguish this. The, I mean, because the other film we saw recently that, that involved mistreatment of animals was that dreadful Moton Fay film that we both hated. That one is an indefensible film, yeah, I think. And, a... and, and the you know, whereas the, the, this is this is a great film, and you know, despite that incident, um, yes. So I, you know, because I... you could question why, you know, why, why is. Martin Scorsese's foundation restoring this film that involves animal cruelty. Well, you know, it does deserve rediscovery, but be warned, it's got these scenes in. Yeah, I would say. It's a wonderful film. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think, you know, the ethics of killing anything, you know, for someone else's entertainment is wrong. Let's part that on the table. Let's part the dead dog (laughs) over there. (laughs) You think I'm burying us with my perspective on this? Well, no, I think think it's a discussion that's worth having, but I I think, you know, there's a danger that you then end up, you know, the discussion of the entire film ends up being about the ethics of that. So I think we, you know, we've we've flagged that up. You know, know, let's talk about what the film is. Um, It's, you know, it's a melodrama. It's, there are these two brothers who um, are tobacco farmers one is a widow um so the older brother is a widow the younger brother has a a a girlfriend the the older brother is a he's he's basically a dick and he decides he's gonna the 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 local spring happens to be on their land so he decides he owns the water and he puts a dam so that he can irrigate his land first and then he might let everyone else down down the hill, everyone else in the village, he might let them use some water. And so you've got these these two plots kind of running parallel, you know, the battle between him and the villagers about uh, rights to the water, and then the kind of battle between him and his brother over this woman, because it, the, the brother marries the woman and the older brother is kind of lusting okay. after the woman. Let, let's not get ahead of ourselves on that, because I, I want to linger on a, on a few things uh, in relation to that. So... Um, the film is set in the present in 1963, you know, but it still has um, kind of medieval 
uh, attitudes to family and land and power, right? So um, the eldest brother has power and rights over how things are run and the younger brother is bound to obey because the older brother is the older brother and thus, you know, is the patriarch. So the younger brother ends up going with a whole series of decisions that he doesn't approve of because he must, and that is the way that he phrases it. Um, the film complicates this issue of um, water because, you know, in some ways, one can fully understand why the water is his. I mean, this is not water that comes out of a river that the whole village has access to. This is water from a spring in his land, i.e., if he were to turn this into a well, it's his, right? So now, historically and traditionally, the water has been used by everyone, and he's yeah, and everyone has had free use. So there's also a kind of a theme here about modernization, and you know, kind of you know what is law versus what is right. And, and that that I found interesting because one of the because it's this as you say this kind of medieval patriarchal thing, but they then try and resolve it. Because you think there's going to be like a war, but they then try and resolve it using the law. And there are, there are basically kind of two court cases. And the first one says, no, 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 this is a communal resource. You must let everyone have access to the water. And the second, or something like, but, but then the second one says, no, no, you, the spring's on your land. You can do what you want with it. No, let me, you know, that's not the way I understood it. What I understood it is that the villagers brought... Um, uh, the eldest brother uh, to court and therefore until the court case was resolved the water had to run as per usual which motivated Osman the eldest brother to immediately go to court himself yeah and then you know it was decided that the water is his yeah so yeah uh, and that's true because so he, he is in the right and and you know because it, it's, it's also at this point if we can reintroduce the dog into the equation that one of the villagers kills the dog so right. you know essentially he gets the rights to the water one of the villagers kicks the dog kills the dog and that's what kicks things off so it's actually despite the fact he's a very unpleasant man he's actually in acting in in the, in the right you know he's legally correct yes well the film makes him out to be wrong and to be a selfish bully i mean it's hard to imagine a more dastardly unpleasant person in the whole history of cinema right and therefore i think it is important that you know, the film at least make a case that the water is in his property and it is his. Yeah, kind of to do, even though historically and traditionally that water has been uh, shared uh, with others, as it probably it should continue to be. Yeah, but that's not the way the law is. And one can't imagine, you know, a, a businessman or, you know, I mean, a corner shop owner saying, here, have some food, I know you're hungry, right, even though the food is mine. I mean, yeah, like, so if you take that, you know, kind of agrarian co context and put it somewhere else, you can understand his point of view. Well, well one thing you could compare it with is, is Shaheen's The Land, which mm. has a similar premise that someone prevents the water being used to irrigate other people's land. But in that case, the guy who makes that decision is the wealthy landowner, you know, the, the rich... Uh, feudal chief of the area makes the decision he's not going to let the peasants have access to the water. Here, they're all actually in the same boat. You know, they're yeah. all trying to survive. And the water is different. Yeah. Because actually, what the rich landowner in Shaheen's film does 
is it creates a deviation in the spring or little river that runs through that everyone's had access to, right? So this is different in the sense that it is a spring. It originates in this land, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not going through other lands, right? Yeah, it kind of, it originates from there, right? Whereas what the rich man does is it deviates the run of the water to keep it all to himself. It's a different thing altogether. It's beautifully filmed. Uh, it's a filmmaker who's kind of very conscious of where to put the camera, of where to alternate crowd shots and close-ups of foreground and background. There's a marvelous shot, you know, where uh, Bahar is like, you see her walking through and then the camera almost goes like under the legs of uh, one of the brothers so she can keep moving forward. I think it's very beautifully filmed and I think it's kind of a film where desire is palpable. It's, it's a film that's full of sex. Actually, you know, you could argue that what really turns Osman into an unforgivable person, a terrible brother, you know, the highest, is his desire for his brother's wife. That's yeah, the sin yeah. here, not the water. There's all these scenes where he's kind of, you know, you see his eyes peeping through holes in holes in wood to, to mm. see the, the brother and the wife. I mean, because there is some great humour in the film, the scene where it's the, you know, the, the, the wedding night and, um, you know, the, the brother and the new bride are, about to have sex and suddenly the the older brother his head appears in the window and so the brother shoves the chest of drawers up against the window and the older brother like pushes the drawer out so he can mm. still see what's going on and says give me a give me a nephew give me a nephew so the, the, there's a reference on the movie site to it being re-edited and dubbed and released in america as, as reflections apparently some sources say it was actually re-edited with softcore porn scenes edited in and release under the title something like I had my brother's wife. <laughs> oh my God. I hope that wasn't the case because really the film is so careful to be proper. It actually makes sex poppable out of, you know, the brother-in-law sucking her leg for a snakeskin bite or just glancing up as, you know, she's taking figs on a tree but, you know, you don't see anything. And she's wearing, like, you know, 19th century drawers. You know, they, like, it's impossible to see anything. Yeah. You know? so he, cons- he, he goes and practices on the scarecrow at one point to see how, how he's going to uh, try and seduce her, all this kind of thing. I thought those were wonderful scenes, actually, because it also indicated how, you know, the filmmakers are also knowledgeable of the symbolic potential of all of those things, right? And also what it means, you know, that they're so... I mean, she's kind of being driven mad by her loss of her husband when she embraces that scarecrow. But for him, it's almost like a fetish thing. It's almost like the equivalent of an inflatable doll, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, these suggestions of him sucking a cow's tit while looking at her. Right? And the, both... the, there's a scene later where, where he's he's looking at her through the wood and then he goes and with a, he, he kind of gets a, a cushion a, p- a pillow and he's, he's shagging the pillow to mm. imagining he's with the with the sister-in-law I mean, it's very yeah. it's it goes a long it goes a lot further than you would expect a turkish film to yes. in that era to go i think this did get a lot of acclaim internationally it won festival prizes it was nominated it was the turkish uh, nomination for the, for the academy awards that kind of thing so which again makes it surprising that it was re-edited for for this america this alleged american release I'm not surprised um, that uh, it did. I think it's a really wonderful film. Um, 
And so it's a kind of a very complex melodrama, you know, because at the heart of it, really, is the relation between those two brothers, you know. And the relation between those two brothers is built on a kind of a social setup that prioritizes the family over the individual, the man over the woman, and familiar relations according to the eldest boy, right? And, you know, it's almost like military in that sense of authority that each of those things wield. And and you see that with the attitude of the girl's mother, because initially she doesn't want the... So so the, the girl's mother, the girl's 19, the mother objects to her marriage, but the the brothers say, well, she's 19, you you have no control. But So the girl goes to live with them and then gets married. But later on, when the the younger brother is assumed to have died, um, the girl tries to escape and the mother makes her go back because the, you know, the correct thing to do is for her to go and live with the patriarch, who's her brother-in-law yeah. at that point. But I also loved uh, the explication of why the mother didn't allow the daughter to marry right away. And actually, it was because so the mother could get a whole summer and fall's work out of her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Right, because you know, in an agrarian subsistence culture, that that's very important, right? That might be the difference between getting a crop or not getting a crop. So if you can't afford, you know, to buy labor, you 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 have to provide it yourself. Or the denial of it is a huge problem. That's why the brothers want to be married early, and that's why the mother wants to marry her late. And actually, you know, it's all couched in custom and tradition and trousseau and whatever, but like, it's very clear that it's so that they could get six months work out of her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and I love the the way the film makes that understandable and legible. And I think this is what I love so about this film, that it makes another way of life that's completely different from ours, you know, recognizable and understandable. You know, and partly because I'm sure it's a way of life that was common everywhere at one point. I mean, you know, most most cultures we come from were at one point agrarian subsistence cultures. So, you know, these dilemmas wouldn't have been that different, really. Um, so so I'm glad that the film, you know, is made on that cusp of change. Yeah. Whilst, you know, it was still an agrarian uh, culture and that it makes it understandable to us so i hope you know that this incident with the dog and the chicken which are so much so very much a part of what that agrarian culture was you know are not a turn-off to an understanding that the film actually is very good at providing do you want to add anything about the film i think it's a very impressive film in all kinds of ways i think it is i think i mean another thing that impressed me was some of the editing and the the particularly in those sequences around the wedding where you you get these sudden cuts so there's a bit where the, the brothers talk about you know eloping with the girl and then suddenly there's this rapid cut you get the older brother firing a gun and that kicks off them kind of the the girl escaping from the house then the mother arrives at the house and says, you know, how dare you do this to my daughter? And oh, don't worry, we'll give her a great wedding. And there's another sudden cut. And you're then at this wedding sequence. It's, it's very, the way it sort of bangs into those new sequences, I, I, I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, there's a, there, there is a lot to admire about this, this film. And there's these two scenes, or one scene to have a problem with. <laughs> it took me a little while to understand that Osman, the oldest brother, was 
um, de facto blocking his brother, you know. Uh, and I'm not sure that the film is successful at conveying the weight of that. I mean, I do think within that culture, to do that to your brother is about the very worst thing you could do, right? So the brother is taking the fall for him, and then, you know, he uh, fails to visit him, fails to provide money so that he could live on in jails, because, you know, if, if Turkish jails were anything like Spanish jails, families were expected to contribute to the food and, you know, clothing and so on, whilst the person was in jail. So, yeah, for a brother not to do that is really like a horrible and despicable uh, betrayal of all the traditions that actually give him power. I, if you break that tradition on that level, you're actually kind of destroying the power that you have that that tradition gives you as well, which is yeah, in fact what yeah. happens. The brother kills Yeah, and it makes clear at one point that he's, yeah, the brother, Osman, is even, you know, destroying the letters that the younger brother writes. To, yes. You know, because that's only, that only is revealed quite late. And, and you don't really, I mean, presumably he's doing that because he's in love with the wife. But the fact that the brother is then presumed dead is just coincidence. The way that the brother, the, the the younger brother, suddenly agrees to so essentially what happens is they, you know, after the dog's shot, there's a fight. Osman fires a gun. Someone is killed, and it's clear it's yeah, it's it's an accident. They don't actually kill the actor, unlike the dog, you know. Mm. But, but it's it's <laughs> well, presume, park that aside. I presume, uh, but um, they so so you know they, somebody, somebody dies. Um, no one saw what happened, so. Osman says to the younger brother, well, you tell them you had the gun because you're younger and you'll get a shorter sentence. I'm not quite sure that that's why that would work, you know, but anyway, he, he does. And the, and the brother agrees to do that. And it, it I don't know, it's, it's sort of, you know, thinking back, yeah, okay, that's because of the patriarchal thing and the fact that the, the younger brother has to obey the older brother. Um, but you do wonder why right until the very end, the younger brother doesn't, doesn't push back until he finally does at the end. But, yeah. I thought I thought those things could have been better dramatized because, mm. you know, it took me a while to realize that the brother wasn't going to visit purposely. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, wasn't sending money purposely. You know, when he says, oh, I've been so busy, we have so much work to do, you know, we'll go on Thursday or whatever. You keep, you keep saying, okay, well, that's a good reason. And actually, I do think that the film would have been better had it made more of that transition. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at which point does the brother actively decide to cut his brother off? Yeah. 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 And make a grab for his wife, um, you know, which is what ends up happening. But I, I, I think there's a gradation there, a changing in consciousness or something that, you know, more gradual that the film could mm. have done a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but that would be kind of, you know, my my only uh, fault with it yeah I, I tell you well, I have two faults one is that the other is the dog but the problem okay. that I liked it it's a, a, a wonderful film uh, highly recommended really one of the most entertaining you know and maybe even one of the best uh, in the series of restorations mm. uh, that the movie is showing and that uh, we are very grateful to see alright well thank you very much for listening we are thinking a lot about film I'm Jose I'm Richard Hey, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.